Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The temple, you know, had two compartments, right? The holy place and the holy of holies. Hebrews 9, 9, 9, 3 tells us that it's called the holiest of all. In the holy place, when you first walk into the temple, in the holy place was the table of showbread, the menorah, and the altar. And then there was the veil of the temple. Are y'all with me? And behind it was the holy of holies. There in the holy of holies, you would find the ark of the covenant and the mercy seat. And hovering above the mercy seat is the kabod, the Shekinah glory of God. The weight, the glory, the heavy. The Shekinah glory of God, the kabod, was the visible presence and manifestation of God. And Jesus is saying, Father, I'm now ready for the cross. Glorify your son. You see, in the cross, God will be glorified and the son will be glorified. Because when Jesus raises from the grave, he will be an acceptable sacrifice. Jesus says, Father, glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Look at verse 2 and 3. Look at verse 2 and 3. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. Yet they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. As you have given him authority over all flesh. Over all flesh, Bible students, is in Hebrew idiom, and it means over all mankind. Jesus has power and authority over all flesh. This word power is exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Every Christian ought to know this, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia. He gave them power. And he gave them authority, exousia, to over all flesh, over all mankind, to bow down to him. So question, why did Jesus, why did God give Jesus exousia, authority over all flesh? Look at verse 2. That he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This phrase, as you have given him, is used seven times in his prayer. And it means as you have given him as a permanent possession, that's the force of it. In other words, the father has given the son as a permanent gift not to be retracted. And what's that gift you asked? The gift is the bride of Christ. Do you understand that you, the bride, the bride of Christ are believers, Christians, are considered the bride of Christ and Christ is the bridegroom. We are given to him as a gift from the Father, as a wedding gift from the Father. 
God the Father gave God the Son the wedding gift of the church as a permanent possession. Think about that. When you become a Christian, you then become a gift fit for a king. I don't think we think of ourselves that way, do we? I know I don't think of myself that way. I don't feel like a gift for a king. I feel more like a white elephant. (laughs) I don't feel like a gift for a king. Uh, I feel like a gift you want to give back. Uh, Amen. Where my people at? I feel like a gift that you want to, that you get and you don't know what to do with it. You ever get a gift and you you don't know what to do with it? Now, I'll tell you a little secret. I have over in my office suite here, I have a room full of gifts that I do not understand. Uh, that I don't know what to do with. I mean, I have gotten things and taken them out, and people and, and people give me gifts, and I usually say, hey, do I need to open it now? Because I try to open it later just in case I don't understand it. Then then I'm, I'm not trapped, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they'll go, oh, no, 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 no. You have to open it right now. You got to open it. I'm like, ah, oh, great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Oh, Lord, please let this be something I understand, something I like. Oh, Lord, please. So I have taken gifts out and going, oh, Wow, that's really nice. Now, let me tell y'all something. I am your pastor, yes? Say yes, yes. And I love you. Say yes. So uh, listen, I have done the homework for you. I am going to help you right here, okay? I have found a list of 10 things to say when you get a gift that you don't like or you don't understand. I'm just trying to help y'all. You know I love you. I'm going to help you out. Y'all can thank me later, all right? All right, here's a list of 10 things that when you get a gift and you don't understand it or you get a gift and you don't like it, here's number 10. Somebody gives you a gift. You go, hey, there's a gift. (laughs) That's pretty good. That works. Number nine, well, well, well. (laughs) That works. Number eight, boy, if I hadn't recently shot up four sizes, that would fit. Number seven, this is, the perf- this is perfect for wearing around the basement. Number six, man, I hope this never catches fire. It is fire season, you know. There are a lot of unexplained fires. Number five, if the dog buries it, I'll be furious. Number four, I love it, but I fear the jealousy it will inspire. Number three, you know, it's a shame tomorrow I enter the Witness Federal Protection Program. <laughs> Number two, to think, this year I vowed to give all my gifts to charity. And the number one thing to say about a gift you don't like is, no, 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 I really don't deserve it. I can't take this. I really don't deserve it. I really can't. Jesus says, the bride of Christ is a gift fit for a king. It's a permanent possession. He won't be giving it back. Ephesians 1, 16 through 18 says this, I do not cease to give thanks to you, making for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding might be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory of what saints? His inheritance in the saints. Did y'all get that? God the Father has an inheritance in us. 
It's good that we understand that we are blessed to have Jesus, John 3.16, for God gave his son. But Paul tells us that Jesus is blessed to have us. We are his inheritance. We are his gift. Jesus has authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as God has given. And look at verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The word know is the Greek word meaning to know experientially. Y'all keeping up with me? To know experientially. The text is in the present tense, meaning that they might keep knowing the only true God. They might keep knowing the only true God. Keep on be being knowing the only true God. The word only means genuine. In other words, there's a lot of disingenuous gods. John writes that you might know the only true, genuine, not fake, false, or foe, God. If someone asks you a question, what is eternal life? You tell them eternal life is to know the only true God experientially, Jesus Christ. And it's very, let somebody say amen. And it's really interesting here because this is the only time in the Bible, get this, they'll blow you away. This is the only time in the Bible Jesus uses his own name. This is the only place where he calls himself Jesus Christ. Interesting. The only true God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Somebody say amen. The only true God. The only true God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Somebody say amen. The only true God is the God who sent the Messiah into the world. The only true God is the God who came to the earth in the form of a man, 100% man, 100% God. He didn't divest himself of his deity. He laid aside his deity and put on humanity. The only true God was born of a virgin and tempted in every way, yet without sin. The only way to know the true God is to know this one genuine God, Jesus Christ. Friday, hundreds of people were here praying for Pastor Saeed. And we were crying out to the true God. Did you hear me? I said we were crying out to the true God. There's a plethora, here's your word today, a plethora. It means a lot. Many gods in this country. You know, we look at countries like India, they have brazen 300 gods you walk the streets in some countries and some cities in 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 india and they have like these huge monkeys like these 20 foot high uh, monkeys made of some kind of plastic or something and painted all and and they're in cages and elephants and it is the most amazing thing and the people worship these gods the God of the monkey and the God of the rat and the God of the elephant and the God of the... It's unbelievable how people worship. And I was in a hotel room in India in third service. Y'all get a little more because it's third service. The first two, I got to rush. Third service, y'all get everything I couldn't say in first and second. So I hope you brought your lunch, your chicken sandwich, but you're going to be here for a minute. And it's amazing. I'm in this hotel room in India, and right across the street is this... Um, Hindu temple, and right from my room, I'm watching, and people are walking in with bags of bananas, bags of coconuts, 
and, and, and there's a coconut, obviously, a coconut banana stand right across the street from the temple in case you get close to there and go, you know what, I got to go in and worship. Where are the bananas? And then you go, oh, yeah, there's a shop right here next door, right across the street. You go in and you offer your bananas. I'm right about I went in there. I, one, one day, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to go see it to let me in. Sure enough, I went in, the Hindu priest. He's all in his garb with the red right here and robes wrapped around him here and bald, and he's there to take care of all the stuff. And I asked him, would you mind if I, if I walk around? He said, sure. I walked around. I was amazed. People are offering bananas to a statue. And by the way, a hollow statue. I went to the idol factory while I was in India. The idol factory where they make these 20-foot gods. I went there. And I said to the man, I said, do you realize that you are making your God? I forget the name of the stuff they make it out of. Poly something. I said, do you realize that you are making your God? And he said, yes. I said, do you realize that you, that you could put your hand, the, the, the hand of the, the monkey they were making was this wide? I said, you could put your hand, your body in there. I said, do you realize that you can put your hand in there and you're making your God? He said, yes. I said, listen, if you're making your God, then why aren't you God if you're making the God? They didn't get it. The, you know, we think... Because we don't have little statues in our country and we don't have the big, you know, elephants and we don't have that guy. That we don't have gods. Listen, in the United States, we got more gods than Carter got liver pills. Somebody say that's right, Pastor. The God of secularism. The God of humanism. The God of materialism. The God of therapy. You know, it's a big thing nowadays, the therapist. Everybody got a therapist. If you know what I'm saying, the God of therapy, you got to go to your therapist. People have a problem. Oh, I need to call my therapist. The God of therapist, the, the God of life coach. That's another big thing nowadays. Everybody got a life coach. Will somebody please tell me what a life coach is? What is a life coach? You are a grown woman. You are a grown man. You mean to tell me? Y'all need, to, y'all need to say amen. Clap your hands and wake up. Do, do something. Clap your hands to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're a grown woman. You're a grown man. You need a life coach. And you're 50-something years old. You made it this far? Let me tell you something. You need to help the life coach. The life coach is probably 23 and jacked up. Hallelujah. Y'all make me speak in a life coach? For real. Christians, come on. We serve the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. We serve, we serve a God who said, Isaiah 26, 3, I will keep thee in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. We don't need a life coach. We need the giver of life, and his name is Jesus Christ. Am I right about it? Jesus, Jesus said he came to give eternal life, overflowing life, deep life, weighty life, kabod, abundant life, 
a life of joy, a life of deep soul satisfaction, a life of God, eternal life. You, verse 4, I have glorified you on earth. Jesus said, I have finished the work which you have given me. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, write this in your margin. Verse 4 is a statement to me of the perfect life of Jesus. Sermon title, the perfect life of Jesus. I have glorified you on the earth. I finished the work which you gave me. Think about it. Jesus lived 30 plus years. From the moment he drew his first breath coming out of the wound until the moment that he took his last breath, he never sinned. He never had an evil thought. He never spoke an evil word. He never, he, he lived a perfect life. He was submissive and obedient to the Father, even to the cross. And the truth of the matter is, saints, listen, we have a problem, and that's sin. And because of the sin problem, it's impossible to be perfect before God. Truth is, we don't love uh, uh, God with all of our heart. And somebody say amen. We don't love God with all of our soul. We don't love God with all of our might. We don't love our neighbor as ourselves. We have a problem. But Jesus lived the perfect life. He died on the cross. Listen to me. Look at me. He died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he did something called justified us. He justified. You can look at that word justified as in just as if I'd never sinned. He justified us. And then he accounted to us, or the Bible says imputed to us, given. The word imputed is an accounting word. It means to reckon. It means to put it on your account. It means to take from one ledger and put it on another. He imputed righteousness to your account. He justified us and he accounted us righteous. And with his death, he solved the sin problem. And now we are made righteous in Jesus Christ. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he did on Calvary's cross. I can't make it simpler than that. Is that the best clapping y'all can do? You need to be happy about that. And now in verse 5, let's come in for a landing. Oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was, with the glory which I had before you before the world was. That sounds a little homesick to me. Jesus is remembering what it was like to be with God before earth. He says, you know, it's time to go home. In a few hours, 14, just about, the cross will bring glory to the Father. The cross will bring eternal life. The cross will provide perfect righteousness. In just a few hours, Jesus will say to Telestai, which means what, saints? It is finished. It's time to go home. The humiliation and redemption is done. Obedience finished. Sounds like Jesus is saying, I want to go back and be face-to-face with God. In just a few short hours, Jesus will be saying, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit, mission accomplished, salvation provided, Satan defeated, sin destroyed, death died, and now it's time to go home. The Romans saw the cross as execution. Jesus saw the cross as a road to glory, a ticket home. And think about it. Leaving heaven. I'm coming in for a landing. Leaving heaven. For Jesus to leave heaven and come to this dirty, stinky, smelly, polluted, sin-filled earth, 
I would say is a step down. That's like going from like billion, 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 billion dollar homes to the hood. And even that's not even comparable. I mean, that's the best I can do with the words I have. But that's a step down. For Jesus to leave the glories of heaven, Paul said that 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, Paul said that he was caught up to the third heaven, heaven, and the things that he saw, he said, I can't even tell you about it. It's so beautiful. It's so awesome. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful. I can't even tell you about it. John chapter 4 and 5, read it for yourself. John tells us that he's caught up in heaven, and he's telling us what he sees around the throne, 24 elders. And John says that he sees a sea-like crystal and rainbow of colors and emerald green and ruby red and jasper like diamond and sardis stone and john heard living creatures chanting holy 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 lord god almighty this is what jesus is trying to get back to are y'all getting me john 17 is the consummation of a perfect life of obedience jesus came to the earth to pardon sinners who come by faith as a gift to you And if you receive the free gift of salvation, you become a gift to him. And someday when he comes back, he's going to take all his gifts home with him. Just like you would after your wedding is done. People come to your wedding and y'all got the wedding table for all the gifts, right? And people stack it up with gifts and everything. And when when the reception is over, you have somebody or you grab up all your gifts, especially all the cards because they might have a check in them. Amen. You grab up all your gifts and all your cars and everything, and you take them with you. Jesus is going to do the same thing. When he comes back, he's going to grab up all his gifts and take us all back. Somebody need to get happy or something. He's going to take all his gifts with him to heaven, to glory. This has been God's plan from the beginning. Listen, if you reject Christ or you're not a Christian, This means nothing to you, but for the believer, and maybe I can get a witness in here, and then I'm going to let y'all go, okay? For the Christian, these are the most beautiful words ever. Am I right about it? Most beautiful words ever. Jesus said, Father, he said, glorify me. I'm ready to go home. You gave me authority? I did with that authority what you asked me to do. And that is tell people of your love, show people God and allow people and give them the invitation to experience eternal life. God, I've done that. I've told them about you, the one true God. God, I finished my work. Listen, how many Christians, can you say that? You finished your work? Huh? Can you say that? I finished my work. You start something, finish it. Christian, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I'm trying to help you. I'm your pastor. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You start a women's Bible study on Monday night, finish it. Friday morning, finish it. Fellas, Tuesday at 7 o'clock, y'all know the deal. Fellas, say amen. Y'all know. We already had that talk. Where you at, brothers? Some of y'all ain't happy. It's, it's all right. 
Finish it. Finish your work. Finish whatever God called you to do. Jesus said, I finished my work. And now, God, I'm done. I'm done. Now, I'm ready to go home. I guess Jesus is no different than anybody else. When you go somewhere to visit, there comes a time to go home. Right? Sometimes family members come. You look at them and go, sometime, time to go home. <laughs> Clap your hands and say, Amen. <laughs> uh, out the door. And Jesus is ready to go. Next week, come back. Be here. Jesus is going to pray for his disciples. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.